I'm about to start one. Did you start recording? Yeah, I'm Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Scott Henderson here from South America. Say something, Scott. Uh, hello, howdy doody, all the fans out there in Radio Land. You, you know, tonight's the night we're giving the quilter amp away and some oil world cables. This is the big night. Uh huh. You know? Cool. And, uh. You got a, a guest tonight? Or you yeah, we're, we're going to have a guest. We're going to get Justin Randy. He's going to talk about having to deal with all the musicians all the time. It's going to be funny. Oh, God, that should be good. <laughs> He's going to tell us all about you, man. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's right. Yeah. Oh, but, but, but this podcast is going to have, uh, is going to have the drawing, and then I recorded Jimmy Bruno when I was at that Archtop Festival in Colorado last weekend, so we'll have a little hang with Jimmy Bruno. Oh, cool. And then All we'll right. put the awesome. Justin Randy stuff up later. So say something really stupid, cool. man. Speak some Spanish, man. Oh, my Spanish? Yeah. Uh, hasta luego, Paco. <laughs> 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 so 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 the gig's going good or are you hating yourself these days <laughs> no no everything's going great man um real good gigs really fun amazing food jeez just ridiculous off the hook uh-huh i haven't had one dinner down here that wasn't just great wow like the food is just so good everywhere we've been we started off in bolivia the only thing about Bolivia was really hard to breathe, man. Uh, yeah. Two days in La Paz, and man, I mean, it was a rough gig. It was rough to play because I didn't really realize that, you know, when you play guitar, you hold your breath sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then you let it out, then you hold your breath again, and when you don't have any oxygen, <laughs> you really notice that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. yeah, I guess so. So, so how's the how's the so how's the cocaine? Yeah, cocaine's always great. That's why you do cocaine; it helps with the oxygen thing. You, you know, right? Yeah. But there was a, there was an oxygen tank on stage, and and Alan and Romaine were hitting it all the time, <laughs> and they gave us these pills to take, and I don't quite know what's in them, but we took them. It didn't really help that much. <laughs> but I remember when we got off the plane, man, we walked up the. The, the airplane ramp yeah and the ramp was like at the most like on a two degree angle yeah <laughs> and we were wheezing and like <laughs> like we were running the, the, the you know some some marathon right heart yeah. beating a million miles an hour and yeah it was interesting but the gig was actually really fun the people were super nice and then we went to Argentina and we played the Bebop Club in Buenos Aires for three nights. So that was really fun and uh, nice little club, great food. And then we went to, uh, we took a ship and played in Uruguay in, in uh, Montevideo. That was a fun gig. Uh, that was in a big rock club, like a 400 seat rock club. And cool. uh, that was cool. And then, and then we played, and now we're in Sao Paulo, and we played last night at a festival in Campinas, uh -huh. and, which is about an hour out, of, out or, an hour away from Sao Paulo. And now we play the Blue Note in Sao Paulo on Friday, and then we go home. Did he play Camp Penis? He said, did you play Camp Penis? Is that what you said? 
Yeah, well, it was. They wanted to call it Troy's penis, but they just decided to call it Camp Penis. Why? Troy's penis is so much better. Yeah, really. Knows that. (laughs) I guess you know from personal experience. Yeah, you know, of course. All right, man. Well, look, uh, I'm gonna let you get back. I mean, you got a gig on Friday. I'm sure you need to practice. So. Okay, man. Listen, have a great time, you guys, and I'll give you a buzz when I get back home. All right, man. Be safe, Scott. Have a good one. Say hi to the guys. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. God, that guy's an asshole. I hate him. (laughs) He gets all the gigs. What a prick. Is it going? Yeah. You want me to do the intro? You do the intro. I'm oh, sick wow. of intros. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm I... Intro'd out. Speaking of intros, folks, <laughs> welcome to Guitar Wink, but I want to talk about my new podcast. What a perfect segue, because... No, it's not my new podcast. It's my new my music masterclass ah. video, because it is called Takeoffs and Landings, and it's about playing intros and endings. Hold it. Hold it. Let, let me hear that again. You, you've... You got a new podcast, or no? I have a, I have an old podcast, obviously, but I have a very bad brain that doesn't know the difference. But I have a new My Music Masterclass video, video? the ninth one, nine, number nine, number nine, and it is called Takeoffs and Landings. I wanted to call it Fasten Your Seatbelts, Takeoffs and Landings, but they thought it was too long a title, so. It's called Takeoffs and Landings, and it's about intros, which is what I'm doing right now very poorly. And hopefully you'll do better intros when you watch the video. It's about intros and endings, how to handle it in an impromptu session, and understand how to kind of arrange as you play. And I hope you enjoy it, and it doesn't cost very much money, so even if you don't enjoy it, you can probably just suggest enemies of yours get it. And so uh, please consider supporting the cause by helping me out and checking this out and any of your comments of course are always welcome uh, just send them to I don't give a shit.com <laughs> and uh, yeah you've even seen it Troy haven't I you? saw it over the weekend I yeah. loved it Troy got it it was riveting Troy Troy like 
strong arm the head of the company because we're in a podcast together to give it to him free. For free. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? It's something that it's always a mystery. <laughs> I always just turn to the drummer. Yeah. And when you haven't got a drummer, you're really screwed. So, yeah. um, but it was really good. It was really great. And you go in, in depth on everything and you spell it out and it's, you got to buy it. It's worth it. Cool. It's, it's fantastic, man. It's really good. Cool. It's funny. Well, I thought it was one of an essential one that you should have. Everyone should have this. Well, you know, and I had uh, Alex Frank and Jake Reed accompanying me. I had like, they just sat around waiting for me to do something and then they just like intuited what they, they should it. do, which is exactly what happens on a gig. So uh, oftentimes on a gig, unless you have a band where you've arranged everything, but there's no reason why you can't arrange on the fly. That's what we are. We're jazz musicians. So that's what that's about. I just also... I got back from <clears throat> the Rocky Mountain Archtop Festival, which was a lovely time. Super, super huge thanks and kudos to Peter Hendrickson of Hendrickson Amps. Uh, he, he loves the Archtop guitar and jazz guitar so much that he put on a festival in his hometown. It's the town of Arvada, Calif uh, Arvada Colorado, which is just outside of Denver towards the mountains. And it's this lovely little town that's got this old town stretch with like bars and wine. You know, it's a real cool, very small neighborhood. Right. And then in the hotel, we had the, the exhibits of all the luthiers. And man, there were some guitars there. Oh, shit. You know, I really mean. Really amazing stuff. I mean, there, there was Tom Rebecca, Linda Manzer, Ken Parker, Bill Commons... And I'm going to forget some guys, and they're going to hit me. Danny Keentop, Megan Wells, uh, Otto D'Ambrosio, Eastman was there, Benedetto was there, Stefan Sontag, the guy who made my guitar, was there. Yeah. Um, it was just stag. Oh, Christian Mir Mirabella. Wow. Unbelievable specimens of lumber and metal. It's just like. You know, it was guitar porn for days. Now, these all these guitar builders, they're all reasonably established? Like yes, established? and some up and coming. Was I mentioned Megan Wells. Right. She was, I, did, I, mean, I don't You're know right. if I mentioned her. Uh, yeah, no, uh, well, obviously, of you know, oh, and Sadowski, Roger Sadowski oh, was Sadowski, there. Sadowski, yeah. Um, and Victor Baker was there. I mean, wow. a lot of them are very well established and well known. Like, yep. obviously, uh, Ken Parker is pretty well very well known Tom Rebecca is Linda Manzer is well known Bill Commons they're, they're the more in the up and coming you know Megan Wells she's this amazingly talented young luthier uh, uh, Danny Keentop from Chicago he's out in LA now and, and I talked to him and we're gonna when we get some luthiers to, he wants to come on the show but he didn't want to come by himself, so he, he thought we could get a bunch of them together. We kind of have a whole. That'd be really cool. So, so they all want to come on, and they all know about the show, and they love it. So, hey, a question: How do these guys differ from solder sniffers, from amp guys? Did oh, they're, they're they're completely different. Completely different. Uh, in what yeah, way? In general, they're they don't live with their mothers. Probably not. <laughs> and they and I get the feeling they work during the day, not 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 the middle of the night. Right. And uh, they they're, they're all far more socially adjusted <laughs> they you know i mean i think i think they don't i think because they have to deal with people on a different level right like when you play a guitar you know you talk to them and then they play you know like with an amp like you don't know how it works you just tell them what you want and they go yeah go away yeah and, right you know, they, 
they sniff a bunch of lead and they give it back to you. Um, get off on it. Um, but no, these people are, it's just amazing. And of course, Peter Hendrickson had his, all his amps there. We were all playing through the buds and Oh, wow, yeah. And um, so, and then in the hotel, besides the, uh, the, the, the guitar you know, exposition room, there was a workshop room and we were all giving workshops there. And then there, in the main part of town, there were wine bars and restaurants. And we all did demos of the guitars in those areas up in Old Town. And then in the evening, there were performances. There's this great guitar store right there called the Old Town, Old Town Pickin' Parlor, which is a famous music store, really yeah. amazing instruments. And he's online, and uh, Kip is Kit's his name. And he's like, really does some amazing stuff. So it was just like this amazing community. What And in the hotel lobby, we were also having jam sessions. You know, we're just hanging at the bar, and I mean, this is going to be a, a just, I mean, it was so much fun. And, was this you know, the first year? This was the first year, and, wow. and, and we all went, I mean, I went, Jimmy Bruno was there, yep. who we are going to, I, I managed to snag him when we went into, a, into his hotel room, and we did a little bit of a podcast there, yep. which you're going to hear from Jimmy. Jimmy Bruno was there, Bobby Broom was there. Um, a lot of great guitar players, Paul Asbell, uh, Paul Ricci, uh, God, I'm blanking now, but I can see all their faces. Um, just, you know, Ted Ludwig, uh, John Story, Mason Rasavi, uh, Adam Miller, this really great Australian guy. He's really got something going, man. Yeah. He's, he's kind of weird. It's like... He's not really a, a jazz guy. He's kind of more like a Tommy Emmanuel meets jazz meets rock, you know, an electric version of Tommy. Right. So, you know, one of those, you fucking Australians, you guys just like, you're like solder snippers. You hang out by yourself and just play great guitar by yourselves. You know, it's like one man band shit. Yeah, that's, it's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, he was great. Uh, just, and bunches more, you yeah. know. And... It was just so much fun, and and we did the Big Lebowski, right? Me and and Corey Chris Jansen. How can I mention? Corey was there, and uh, and oh, and, and man, this guy Steve Kovalchek, he sounded so good too. Man. It was beautiful, and um, it was just just this wonderful hang of all these guys who love to play and love the jazz so guitar. Mostly. Like jazz players. Yeah, like. it's an archtop festival, yeah, yeah. so you're not going to get like a lot of metal guys. You know? <laughs> I hope but, there was uh, one metal guy there. Yeah, that would have been cool. But, but I mean, and everybody who appreciates the beauty of guitars or the sound of guitars, yep. these makers are doing. Some guys are doing like such now, otherworldly stuff. Now, Larry um, from Wildworld reached out and was like, "Oh, Bruce is going to meet Frank." No, no, Ken. Ken. Ken, Ken Parker. Parker of Parker Dirt. And was raving about how Ken's amazing, genius, yeah. blah, 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 and you guys are going to hit it off. And you guys did meet, and yeah. he did hit it off. Yeah, and, and his the guy is a ridiculous. Genius. The guy's a genius. Yeah? The guy's a genius. And he's on to other stuff. I mean, it kind of, it's going beyond the archtop guitar. Wow. I mean, it's into a new area for my for my ears. Yeah. It has the elements of the archtop guitar, but it's, 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 it, it was staggeringly impressive. Wow. Just not only from a sound point, but yep. also the design point, and just the way he figured out how to put the guitar together. It's like, 
breaks a lot of the rules of physics practically. There's, he did the electrics, right? Or is that... Uh, no. No, no. He did there, the electric there. Parker, right? That's who it he, is, he, Fly I Parker. Did, I think he did that guitar. Is yeah. it the one that's got this strange little headstock? Yeah, Fly Parker guitar. Yeah, right. right. Parker think, Fly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Larry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's got to be the same guy. Larry's a big Parker Fly guy. And, and, um, and I hear those are amazing too. They, and, and, I, they, and they're really designed they, in a different way. Apparently they play incredible. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, this... I, you know, I, I kind of try to avoid playing all the guitars because I just don't need more of them. <laughs> right. And I, I need money more than I need guitars. Yep. And, uh, but Ken, you know, I played his guitar because it looks so different. I just wonder, well, how does this work? What does this sound like? And he's got some guy with him who makes pickups. The guy's a fucking genius. I wow. Mean, you can, you, the beautiful thing is you can use bronze strings. Right. On his guitars. And the pickup response to them is if they're electric. Now hold it, you, that normally isn't the go. No, no, because up. bronze is not a ferrous metal. Right. So there's no magnetism to it. So all you, when you have a bronze string, all you get is the core. Yeah. And it's and it's going through the winds too, you know, to get to the magnet. And like those nickel bronze that I like to use, they just don't have as much nickel in them as a normal electric string. So I can, so I feel like I can play my arch, acoustic arch top. At, at volume and not get feedback and right. not have the low end super overpowering. Yep. But the bronze strings, you know how beautiful they make a guitar sound. Yeah. And um, he's got some guy who's got the pickup that it just doesn't matter. Wow. It was really, it was really, it was beautiful. I mean, you know, it was just beautiful. And of course, my man Stefan Sontag yep. came all the way over from Germany to be at the show and he did really well and his instruments are just spectacular so it was just it was just a love fest you know yeah. and a real fun weekend and he's already decided he's doing it again wow it was a success awesome. and i'm sure i'll be going back yeah and uh, it was great and now why did why did he choose there do you know he's he's there his his oh. factory is a half a mile from oh, well, the hotel okay. makes sense yeah yeah i mean so it made it real easy and yep. everybody I had I had a lot of friends come in, you know. A lot of wankers were there, wow. and a lot of new wake fans yep. were there. Like Chris Rollins was there. Chris Rollins, you winner! Oh, now he knows. We were going to put that at the end. Oh fuck! I can delete. <laughs> no, don't delete uh, it. If you want a cable, Chris, yeah. sorry we blew it. Uh, All right. Uh. Anyways, but uh, and, and I swear to God, it was completely random. If you watch the Facebook, I didn't. Of course, I didn't know what number you were. Anyways, so. Um, so there you have it. It was a great time, and I got to spend some time with Jimmy Bruno, who's been a f friend of mine for years, but we hardly ever get to hang together. He's really a ten cantankerous man who uh, is notorious and very, generally very outspoken and, uh, well, let's just say he pisses people off. And, and <laughs> I'd say he's like Scott. Say, yeah, he's, he's, he, like makes, he makes Scott look like Mother Teresa. <laughs> But for some reason, and maybe it's his recent health scare, he had a, I'm not talking out of turn, everybody knows about it, he had a recent health scare, and right. we thought we were going to lose him, and oh, he's wow. back. How and old is he? He's probably my age, yep. you know, really old, and, um, and he has really bad habits. Right. I mean, he smokes cigarettes, and he drinks. I don't know if that's. I don't know if drinking is such a bad, but smoking cigarettes as much as he does—that's not necessarily a good thing. And I yeah. hear his diet's kind of sketchy. Right. But 
he came out of his illness and he's back and he was doing it all, you know, in the, in the altitude, he's smoking two packs of cigarettes Jesus. and drinking martinis, you know, and, and now, how, what was the altitude? About 6,000 feet, I think. And it affected? Did you have any effects? I had effects, yeah. I had cramps and, uh, and was... I just got dehydrated. Wow. You know, so, um, and I wasn't the only one. Mostly everybody else had brain cramps. I just had hand cramps. Uh, but um, it was really great. And like I say, uh, I plan to do it again. And it's really wonderful to see the community kind of pull together this way and enjoy each other and support each other. And, That's cool. And, and, and so I would say everybody kind of look for next fall. The beginning of fall you know sometime in september to do it again because yep. it's really a weekend that you don't want to miss if you love the guitar particularly the archtop guitar yeah yeah and um oh and fred hamilton was there how could i forget that he he played beautifully on the friday night concert right really beautifully so um that's it and i guess right now i'd like to introduce uh, the podcast I did with Jimmy in in the hotel room, and we, there's going to be another one of these because Jimmy really didn't get into his groove. He he was kind of I think aware that he was on the radio and he was a little careful, but it's still very interesting. It's just not the colorful Jimmy Bruno that those of us who know him from YouTube right. or, or hung out with him know. This is more sedate, serene, sensible. Jimmy right. Bruno. Okay. So everybody enjoy. Mr. Jimmy.
ladies and gentlemen, we are here live at the Rocky Mountain Archtop Festival, the first and hopefully not the last. And it's in Arvada, California, which is a suburb of Denver. Of course, they'd be pissed off if I said that. And I can't believe it. I am sitting with one of my heroes, a great friend of mine. The You're like... You're notorious. You've gone beyond famous to notorious. <laughs> and, and I don't know. You have to tell me. And we're actually hanging out in his hotel room. And, and I must say, um, he's rather fastidious for somebody, <laughs> for somebody as crazy as he is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's such a wonderful pleasure to have my friend Jimmy Bruno here on the podcast. Been, Welcome I, to Guitar Wank. I've been a big, big fan of you for, for years. Since Concord Records. Days. Yeah, remember those days. <laughs> yeah, Carl Jefferson. Yeah. And um, uh, you made that record with Lanny Morgan, right? Yeah. We talked about that, you know? So, um, you like these guitar shows? You know, I don't do very many of them. I, I love the guitars. I, th- yeah. I think the, I like the guys that are making them. And so, yeah. Sometimes the playing gets a little wanky. It's kind of like the NAMM show. Yeah, you've, you've been there, so yeah. you know people start to kind of play like they're showing yeah. off for their buddies instead of like exactly. they want to play music. Yeah, so I get, me, I get I try to avoid. I get guitared out. Yeah, and I that too. You know, you, I, you, I, you, I start to let, no, I don't want to hear no you, guitar. You almost like want to hear a bass solo. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, you know, and it, it is. I mean, uh, um, um, it it becomes the point where. It becomes unmusical when you you know when you're you know playing the guitar and you're you're playing all all your fast yeah yeah and, you know and everybody wants to you know but but we're known for that so we do it yeah and we love to do it I mean yeah. really I I I do you know I, I I've um, I've edited it down a, a lot you know, over the years I have too I mean you know, it's like course, a drug I get tired of it myself. You know, I mean, uh, every record I did for Concord was, well, when are you going to play the fast tune? I said, I thought I just did. Yeah. You know, it's like it's never fast enough, and I, I, I got tired of it, you know. And um, what I always wanted to do, and I never did, but I'd love, love to make a record with old ballads. Wow, you should do that. I'd love to hear that. You know, that. I mean, I'd get, you know, maybe someday in the future I would do Yeah, you ought to do, do that, that, man. You want to do it? Yeah, Now's really the time, do. man. Do yeah. it. I'd love to hear that. I'll, I'll yeah. buy one. You got one sale. Well, maybe maybe we'll do it together. <laughs> well, see, then, the other, then I won't buy it. See, so you just idea. lost your sale there. That's, That's not good okay. business. The other idea was, you know, to have, you know, play with, you know, maybe three or four different guitar players, like duo stuff. Or, yeah. You know, like that. And, but just, like, way toned down. Shit. Yeah, playing music. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, I always people always ask me how come you and Pat Martino never record? Yeah, so for, for the for the like one or two people who's listening to this that don't know who you are, Jimmy is of course we'll get into his history, but he's from Philadelphia, and uh, a great town of amazing musical yeah. musical. You know, people are, are are naive about the business too. It's also like well, you know, I could sit there with Pat and say yeah, let's make a record, but you know there's record company involved I'm sure there's management you know Pat has 
hours. Yeah, yeah Pat Martino has a lot of yeah many yeah. hours. So it's not it's not that easy, you know. Yeah. And um, the last time I talked to Pat about this, uh, he says, "Well, what would you want to record, Jimmy?" And I said, "Why don't we just play real slow?" He says, "I like that idea." <laughs> Yeah, just, I have eyes to do that, you know. Oh, great. Yeah, but it, it just didn't happen. Yeah. You know, we I've played in his house, you know, with him yeah. many, many times. Right, and you still see him, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I, when I lived in Philly, I used to see him. Every time he was all, all, all at home, you know, he'd call me or I'd call him to make sure we were in town. And we'd always go out and eat sushi, you know, and hang at his house forever, you know. You know what's funny is that uh, uh, I always send uh, students over. He says, no, you should call Pat Martino. He, oh, I didn't. Oh, he teaches us. Says, yeah, just just call him on the phone. He says, he says, well, won't he get mad at you for giving his number? I says, he's in the phone book. You know, and so I says, I'll be called. You know, yeah, okay, and. Um, so people go over there for a lesson, right? He doesn't charge very much money for the lesson. And the lesson is like the day. It's three or four hours. Yeah. You know, he just loves to... Um, he's a philosopher. You know, he's a very generous guy with his music, his talent. He, he'll show you anything you want to know. And, and he, he's a... He's like a philosopher, and you know, I, I learned so much about life from him. You know, um, people get confused about the twelve-point star, and he has all these geometric shapes. Yeah. You know, and they say, "Boy, but I don't hear that in the music." I says, "You're missing the point. This is what he observes in life. You know, he's got this thing with number twelve. You know, yeah. twelve notes, twelve months." Twelve apostles, yeah. you know, uh, triad is a triangle. <laughs> Four note chord, diminished chord is a, is a box. Yeah, and you move one note at a diminished chord, and you make four different dominants. You yeah, know? Right. and he says, "Well, it's got to be more to it than this." No, that he sees the music in in his life. Whatever he sees, he's an observer. You know, and. Um, he has a, a really wild sense of humor, too. Oh, I know. That people don't get to see. Right, because they get kind of scared by his sternness yeah. and quietness. And, right. You no, know, he's they, got they, a funny... They, yeah, I know. They, you know he funny he scares sense of humor. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, I remember one time, uh, uh, he says to me, he says, you know, Jimmy, he says, I like dark. I'm minor and you're major. You know? He said, I said, what the hell are you talking about? He says, well, I derive everything from minor. I like minor. He says, he says you derive everything from major, which he, he, he's, he's right. You know, I take everything from except the white notes and on the piano, and then there's the five black keys or all the good notes, the tension notes. Right. And he converts everything to a minor, you know. Right. And so he says, now, think about this, Jimmy. He says... Because um, I, his house, he, he never turns a light on in his house. Like, I went there one time in the summertime, it was dark in the house, you know. He's writing in the journal, you know. 
And his wife, I, a beautiful lady, and she's very quiet, you know. Jimmy, I, um, get, get Jimmy uh, behind again, please, okay? And she disappears, and the next thing I know, wow, there she is. You know, I didn't hear her coming up. And I said, this is one time, this is Pat. You think, you know, buy her some wooden shoes or something. It's just scaring the shit out of me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just laughs, you know. Here's a funny thing about him, too. My wife and him grew up maybe five blocks away from each other in South Philly. And so they're talking, they know all the same people, right? I talked to Pat, and he's telling me about the geometric shapes of the universe and all this stuff, and he's spot on. I mean, he's a genius. He, invent, he's, he invented his own theory, his own musical theory, you know? And he talks to her about lunch meat stores. Where had the best pursuit was over there. It was 29, did talk about what you said, you know. And I says, Pat, how come you're telling me about the universe and you're talking to her about lunch meat? I says, I'm getting bogged. <laughs> he just laughs, you know. Well, amazing guy, just fantastic, you know. So you grew up in Philly. Yeah. Exactly. And your first musical experiences were with... My father was a musician, uh-huh. um, uh, and my mother was a singer. They met in, 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 a, in a band, like a cover. They would call them cover bands now, uh-huh. you know. And um, uh, he, he he always, you know, he was a commercial guitar player, and um, that's how I got turned on to Hank Garland, Johnny Smith, Tal Farrell. You know, every every day it was a different record. Right. You know, listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I, I wore out the Hank Garland record. Yeah. You know, and then I got to meet Hank much later, and I, you know, I told him, "Do you're the reason why I play jazz guitar?" I, I, man, I heard that. I wanted to do that. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 good fortune. I have good luck. You know. Uh, my father was one of those guys that um, there were no real books. No CDs. I don't even think he had a record player. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, uh, he'd hear a tune one time, once on the radio, and he'd go get the guitar and play the tune. How the hell do you do that? He, uh, he says, because that's how I learned how to play. He said, I'd sit around with the radio, and if I didn't get it the first time, I had to wait till the song would come on again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess if you don't have the tools that we have, you know. Right. I guess you get real good at that, you know. Because yeah. he's always, you know, tease me. He says, geez, when are you going to get a goddamn ear? What are you asking? What are you bothering me for? You know, I just, what an act. I mean, I really had to work on, you know, listening to records. and What is that chord? What, yeah. you know, what's that? You know, it took a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, it's why you learn tunes, because you, when you learn tunes, then you, you've you learned to recognize things, that you hear them again, you've again. heard them before. Yeah, it's you like, it, it's just like that tune, it's like, you know. Yeah, you hear all that, you know, but really, if you know Take the A-Train, yeah. ain't nobody going <laughs> to ever, ever throw a two-dominant chord in your face. You, dom- you call them two dominants? Yeah, that's what I call them. I do it. Yeah. I, t- I call it a two chord you know, dominant. Two yeah, right. You know, I mean, like a D7 in C major. Exactly. Like, I can if sh- you know Take the A Train, there ain't no way in the world a person can play a song at you and you don't hear that chord. That's true. That's I mean, true. The girl from Ipanema, whatever. You just oh, bang. So you know, many. I know that color. It lights up. It right. lights up. Yeah, exactly. And, and 
you know, I mean, that's why you yeah. learn too. That's why I tell everybody get away from the yeah. book, learn the songs. Yeah, well, if you, you know, I find it, you know, from teaching a lot is that if if you keep looking at the book, you're never going to remember it, and you're not going to solo over it well because you're using a different part of your brain. Right. You know, you have to use your ear. You know, and you know, my father had us an expression. Like, he taught me um, uh, rhythm changes, right? And he had a name for the bridge, Sears and Roebuck. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Sears and Roebuck, the Montgomery Ward Bridge. There was all of them. There was the three bridges, basically. Right. Right. What's the Montgomery Ward? Montgomery Ward was uh, the Honeysuckle Rose Bridge. You know, okay. two, five, one, and the four, and then the two and the five. Okay. And then the devil in the deep blue sea oh, tiny bridge, know. the one that goes like the key of the three and then the key of the five before it comes home. That has a name. Uh, the, the, the old guys used to use it. I remember yeah, they would say yeah. it. He had name. He had yeah, names and, and for it. Yeah, and Montgomery Ward and the whatever the Walgreens yeah. or whatever yeah. the you know whatever the other store was. Yeah, yeah, and like if if it was one of those, you knew right away you were going there, there. Or That's there, the word. You know those because yeah. I mean, he would teach me. He didn't really know. He couldn't. Yeah. He didn't know two core, yeah, five yeah, core. Yeah. He didn't, didn't talk like right, that. Right. He says, "Oh, it's one of these." Right. You know, uh, well, it's one of those. Yeah. You know, green dolphins. With, with, a, with a little bit of a... Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And this then, one does this goes here first. Doesn't go there first. Yeah. He had another expression, too. Like the, when you get you in the E flat and, and the piano player would, you know, uh, use the tritone, like an E7. Yeah. And they put other notes on top right. of it. And he says, oh, it's an it's a E chord with hair. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, you know, when I really started to, you know, look at books and trying to figure out, you know, uh, it's like, man, oh, that's what it is. It's an altered right. E7, you know, it's like, oh, man, you know, he didn't know. He had his own terminology. And that made those guys, a lot of the older jazz cats in particular had that. When I was coming yeah. up, all the guys I played with, they all had different right. names for things. Nobody right. had the names that we used. The, the, no. They were just the, like the, the, they, they were these eccentric geniuses. Some guys, right. I knew one guy. Certain chords, you know, there would be a. It's a green chord. It's a blue chord. It's oh yeah. And yeah, another yeah. guy called them like, "This is a mama chord. This is a baby chord. This is a yeah. papa chord." That's you right. Know, and yeah. Like, I mean, they just had their own way of thinking. See, it makes sense. But if you hear it, you know, then you understand their terminology. And that's what made them so original is because all the music was coming through their own way of looking at the world. See, I think sometimes that there's too much theoretical information out there with the Internet and the colleges and all that, you know. And and I don't necessarily think it's such a good thing. Well, it's it's. It's changing, but I mean that's the internet is is a big part of in the colleges too. But yeah, you know. I mean it's just it's some it's just making everybody the ability to copy people now is so much easier. I mean, like you and I, you're talking about wearing out those records. Yeah, you wanted to hear something, you had to like drop the needle. That's right. drop the needle over and, and over three, again. And yeah, and how many and you times couldn't even slow it down? Yeah, and and how many times before you just ruined the record? Yeah, or the needle, you, you mm-hmm. know, and so. You you basically you learn to kind of get it quick and you, you have get to. it exactly. 
Right. You just kind of got the idea of yeah, it. Yeah, right. And then you put it through your own filter, yeah. and it became your I would, thing. I would steal the concept. Right. That's like, what all I ever did. I, I, it was kind of like this. Okay, what's this? Okay, I'm going to make I, it into I this. I heard a West Montgomery record, yeah. and I kept hearing the same sound over again in octaves. You know? It yeah. wasn't a fancy line. If the chord was F7, he would outline an E flat major seven in a boop 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 right, like right. that. And I was like, wow, shit. So whatever the dominant note is in the chord, make a major seven. Right. And so he says, Well, yeah. What if I didn't what if I mix up those four notes and don't play them like that? And yeah. I thought, wonder what it sounds like from the fifth, from the third. Yeah. Right. And then I eventually drove myself insane. Right. Well, with no, all the that's variables. what we all do. That's what we know? do. That's, so that's stealing the concept. Right. You know, you I know? mean, you know, I talked to Oscar. He's in his book. He wrote that when he heard Art Tatum. Oscar Peterson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he heard Art Tatum, he quit for like six months. Yeah, know? I would do if and, I was a piano yeah, player. I know, but I don't really think he did. But he no. swears he did. But you know, I mean, think a guy like him. Now, he heard. You know how he was inspired by it art. Yeah. They don't sound at all alike. No, nothing alike. Their similarities they have concepts. Both have fantastic But you know, he heard art and he heard what art was doing and of course he was coming from a more classical and gospel place. Yeah. So he just kind of did it his way. Yeah, that's and, why it sounds and, like And if Oscar he had Peterson. transcribed Art Tatum yeah. he wouldn't have sounded like Oscar Peterson. Right, that's right. It sounded like Art Tatum. Right. A cheap imitation of right. art, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it, Instead uh, of like and something yeah. every bit as good as Art Tatum, just right. his own way. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the youth are kind of missing a lot of. Uh, but they don't have the opportunity as much to well, play true. with the older guys because that's there's true. not as many gigs. I mean, I don't know about you. When I was growing up, I was like going to clubs all the time Me and too. playing with the older cats. You could, I could play seven nights a week if I wanted to, right. and they were all older musicians, right? You know, and I was not shy to ask. I would, what is that? Yeah. You know, I mean, when I started out, was, I was like, uh, like professional gig. I was playing weddings and stuff. And um, I knew three songs, Girl from Ipanema, Green Dolphin Street, and Another You. That's it. Mm-hmm. And of course, <laughs> on those wedding gigs, they don't play those tunes. And uh, you need more than three songs anyway. Yeah, and you know, the guys were going too, too up, yeah. too sharp, so yeah. with the fingers like that. I, yeah. like, what is that, you know? And I, I swear to God, uh, the, the one gig, I knew no tunes, nothing. And there was a saxophone player, a guy named Buddy Sabbath, uh, a jazz, famous jazz Philly player, you know? And uh, of course, you know, he didn't have a car. And so part of my deal with the leader was I had to pick Buddy Savitt up, okay? And, well, where do you live? He says, well, I'll be walking down Broad Street. He says, just drive down Broad Street, which is a big street in Center City. He says, and you'll see me. I said, how am I going? He says, I'll be the guy with the saxophone case. Okay. So I said, I pull over, okay, he gets in the thing. And he was always whacked on something, okay? Ah, like that. And I was scared of him because he couldn't pronounce a word because he was, you know, effed up, you know. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> And he opened, his, he opened his saxophone case and he put his hand in there. Here, pick some of these. 
pills, all different colors. And I says, what do they do? He says, I'm not sure. Glop, and he <laughs> drank with a bottle of vodka. And, and he could, and I was like, wow. And he, he played great, I mean, you know. And we were playing some, some simple tune that I didn't know. And he kept going, blowing a note in my ear. You know, get to another, and I'm looking at him. He's trying to tell me something. What is it, you know? So I says, uh, Mr. Savitt, you know? No, no, buddy, he says, why you keep doing that? He says, because I have the horn in my mouth and I can't yell out the chord. I said, so how, what is, can you, you want to get a little more information than that? He says, the notes that I'm playing in your ear are the notes that are changing from one chord to the next. So, like, for example, Green Dolphin Street, he'd play E, C minor, E flat. Right. And I was like, wow, man, man, I understood everything then. Right. That really made everything so easy for me to, you know, to, got to change that What a gift he gave you. That's a really? big gift, you know, because you know, as, as in guitar players, you know, it's, it's one thing's a grip to another grip, and you know, that's really, right. no, only one note or two notes change, and you got it all happening. That's you right. Know, that's how yeah. chords move, you know. Yeah, they don't move. Not a whole, not a no, whole lot of not, shit. It's not like a brick where you lay another no. brick and you lay another brick. No, you know? and and you know, and it, a horn players, I think, have an advantage because. They're blowing air through an instrument, so it really connects to your ear. Yeah. Between that fact and the fingering, it's the same. Yeah. You know, this note is always, you know, your finger and E flesh, always that fingering. Right. Guitar, we're screwed. Yeah, yeah. You missed by that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you missed. That's the truth. I mean, it's a real son of a bitch of a goddamn instrument. I think it's hard as hell. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, violin, I think, is hard, but they don't have to worry about chords. And then chord voicings, like you said, you just don't keep plock, plock like that, you know. Well, a lot of people seem to. <laughs> well, that, that was my next set. Come on, you know, you're also, okay, you're also known, because we can say this here, Guitar Week, we are famous for our cantankerous and often yeah. uh, irritable, irritable, yeah. approach to things and you have a uh, you why don't you just share uh, with us some of your opinions on things while I tell the maid you're yeah um, Bruce is doing an important errand for me um, we were talking about uh, this guitar player's grabbing chords right rabbit chords grab it just here plonk rabbit chords they fuck like rabbits yeah, <laughs> rabbit chords. And then, right. then you end up with more rabbits. Oh, more sure. rabbits, more fucked up yeah, chords. Yeah, grab a chord. Right. But, um, so, yeah, well, that's guitar players are notorious for just, you know, voice leading. Fuck that. What's that? I, you know, here's, you know, I mean, and, you know, uh, there's another thing. A lot of guys really don't know how to comp or to play with another guitar player or play with another chord instrument. Like, I think... Guitar and piano is hard. Yeah, you know if you're if you're going to play with a piano player, you know um, a lot of times I think okay, let's say it's just guitar and, and piano, Jim Hall and Bill Evans. Yeah, that is brilliant the way they approach oh, man, that. They play, they, they're so empathetic, those two guys. You know, yeah, 
I mean, Jim Hall is not playing fancy chords. No. You know, it's not a D-everything. Right. You know? Piano players have a tendency, because they can play every note in a chord, an inexperienced or maybe just a guy that snakes, you know? They put every note into every chord. Right. So, first of all, you can't... There's nothing for you to comp. Forget about it. Right. And then when you go to solo, they, they're playing all the good notes. Yeah, they, yeah. You're wiping your eye. Right. You know? And um, that's a disease of piano players. Right. You know? I mean, if you look at uh, Bill Evans, and you know, tiny yeah. little chords. Yeah, and, Wynn Kelly. Yeah. Oh, geez, it just goes on and on. Yeah. Right? Even Duke Ellington. I'm re- I started to read a book, Music is My Mistress. Oh, yeah. And every little chapter is a little excerpt of uh, one of the tunes that he wrote. And it's just simple to treble clef, yeah. uh, bass clef, you know? Yeah. And Sandal, he, he played, he was, the voicing was uh, C, D, and F. That's the D minor seven. Right. And then, no, yeah, yeah. right? And then the G seventh the C went to B, yeah. you know, and and that's what he wrote. And the left hand had this root movement, yeah. and it's like wow, you know. And it's like that's how you play the piano, because I I can play a ranger's piano, yeah. but it, I never sound like a piano player, right. you know. And I always wanted to know what that is, and I think that's uh, part of it is don't right. less. Right. Okay, yeah, that's true. I know you've got to go to a workshop soon, so I want to get through some other stuff. Go ahead. You, um, you weren't always in Philly, though, right? Didn't yeah. you live in... Oh, I, from Philadelphia, I went on the road with Buddy Rich, moved back to Philly, moved to Las Vegas for eight years, did oh, that Vegas showbiz shit. Yeah, all what, those what, things. How was that? Uh, it was a life of debauchery. <laughs> you know, too young. But you sounded like Philly was already headed that way with you, with the guy in the pills. So you know. yeah, well, I never really put those two things together. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're, you're playing shows, you're yeah. playing show business music. I mean, it's definitely not jazz, uh-huh. and you're, you you wind up this frustrated person, you know, and you know, I <laughs> mean, look where you are. <laughs> You know, There's a lot of room for that. Shit, hookers, drugs. Yeah. It never goes to sleep. You yeah. can quit, you know. So, first two years, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot because all these guys were jazz musicians that got tired of starving. Yeah. So, you go there, you have a real job, you have health insurance, you know. And so, uh, I was in a band up to Hilton Hotel, who's in the saxophone section, James Moody. Yeah. You know, I mean, I learned so much from those guys, but uh, I really, really wanted to play. I just, I kept thinking, man, if I stay here, man, I'm either going to be dead or I'm just going to be frustrated, you know, who knows? And so I moved to L.A. And uh, that was, the, it was, I guess it was in the 80s. And um, I, I called Tommy Tedesco on the phone. And he took me around to the studios like he did for everybody, you know. But at the time, there was like Dante's. Yeah, I used Carmelis, to play. Uh, I was playing in Carmelo's. I was playing both uh, those places then. A couple other places, a couple other places out in near Pasadena. I forget. Jacks. Jacks. It's still there. Is it still there? Yeah, right. and uh, the baked potato was there. Baked potato. That's the one. Right. 
And I didn't know, I, I didn't hear straight ahead jazz. Only at Carmelo's or Dante's. Dante's. So that, right. they were the straight ahead players. You know, and the other stuff that they were doing. Oh, Catalina's was there. Catalina's. That came later. The for me. one on Kawanga? Kawanga. Yeah, yeah, that was down in the eight. That was in the 80s. Yeah? yeah. Okay. But the other stuff, the fusion stuff, like Larry Carlton yeah. and stuff. That was the big potato movie. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, I wasn't sophisticated enough to appreciate it. I took it as an insult. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I really, I, I, got, I was offended. You well, know? it's okay. You don't have to like everything. You know, you but know? I mean, I, and then, see, here's the funny thing, you know. Um, and in the daytime, see, here's the, here was the problem, is in the daytime, you know, you're in the studios and you're supposed to be able to read and improvise a little bit. And now, you know, if those contractors there, which there was of five or six guys, and if you got a reputation of being a jazz player, they immediately thought, well, you can't read. Right. You know, and I guess at one point that was true, you know. So I kind of avoided, you know, um, playing jazz, you know, because that was when you make a lot of money. So to be, you know, you, you, go to, you go to work in the morning, you make like 600 hours in a day, so you got enough money to go out and play for 75 bucks. Yeah. You know, I played Dante's one time with Bill Watchers. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, man, this is, this is pretty far out, okay? All right. So uh, I asked, you know, what does it pay? He paid 35 bucks. Right, right. Monday or Tuesday night. Okay. So, you know, well, I forget the guy's name. Who owned it? Anyway. Well, his uh, name is Carrie. Carrie, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't there, so... He says, well, you know, just come back. He'll give you a check. So I go back the next night. Super Sax is playing. Uh, okay. And I'm trying to tell the lady at the door, I just played here last night. I want to get my check. I had to pay the cover. <laughs> yeah. To get your check. To get, I had I, I to pay $15 cover. Yeah. Right? Well, he did you famous, you know. I got my check and he took taxes out of it. Yeah. It was like I did the gig. I said, geez, it only cost me 10 bucks to play with Phil Watchers, yeah. you know? I got turned off of it. You well, know? yeah, that was, that was kind of a, that was a bad thing in those days in, in L.A. I remember I worked that club, but I was living in San Francisco at the time. Yeah. It was early 80s, I think, and, um, or mid-80s. Went down. You know, he gave me a night trio, and so I yeah. hired uh, Shelly Mann oh, and, and Andy Simpkins, you know, my heroes you know and we played and then he gave me the money i think he gave me like 250 bucks sounds right you know and i gave i just put the money in three you know yeah and then he got so mad he called me up the next day he says you paid shelly man eighty dollars yeah or a hundred dollars and i said yeah you know you gave me like 300 or two whatever you know 250 and he says no, they make thirty-seven. I'm like, right. and what? You got, it is thirty-seven bucks. That's no, no, what. I got the money because I was coming in from out of town. Because oh, you see, I was oh, a touring act, so he gave I me money you. for travel. Yeah. So he wasn't the worst guy. But I mean, no, like, but he I didn't said, want to spoil them. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. Now I'm always going to Now I had that. screwed it up, and he was like, really <laughs> pissed off at me, which was just I was just laughing. I said, I am not. I, I told him, I said, Carrie, you're going to have to start paying him when he plays with me because I'm not paying Shelly Man thirty seven dollars to play no, with me. Come on. And uh, yeah, but the, the rumor around town was I don't know if you remember, but Warren Marsh. Yeah, died yeah. 
on right. the gig in that. Right, hotel. that's right, that's right. And the rumor was that Carrie docked him half a night's pay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, um, <coughs> um, you know, uh, Tommy Disc was just an amazing guy. He he had everybody's psyched out. I mean, he... Right, he was know, the king of L.A. You know? He was, and, I mean... I, I watched the sh- some of the shit that he did, and I just can't believe it, you know? He, he liked to gamble. And I... Every, any kind of movie or good work that I had, he was involved in some way, you, you know? I, subbing for him, I made a lot of money, just the gigs that he threw away. Yeah. And so I'll never forget this one time. Um, it's a... Um, Michael Tilson Thomas, London Phil, uh, Los Angeles Philharmonic, Leonard Bernstein, the mask. Okay? Right. And there was a, there's one little piece in there where <clears throat> you follow an opera singer, okay? And, and Leonard Bernstein wrote it out, didn't put C, but it was a C chord <coughs> to an A minor. <coughs> I usually choke. <coughs> means I need a cigarette. Okay. So, so real simple, C A minor, D minor. Yeah. But it was written out, and one bar three two, which I never saw before in my life. I didn't even know. Like now I know these three half notes. Okay? Yeah. And he says, "Here, man, you want to be a hero? You play. You play the first guitar part. There was no second part." I says, "Yeah, okay, right." The music. And I'm looking, and there's like 184 bars rest. And the tempo is like 50. And I'm there going, and he starts to laugh at me, you know, and starts so slow, and I'm going, one, two, two. I'm trying to wait till I don't want, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I never heard the music before. He's hysterical. And I'm waiting there, man, with this C chord, okay? And he's letting, he's distracting me. He's going, you're at bar 53. Oh, no, 55. He's yeah. in my ears. Oh, fuck, fuck, come on, man. You know? And so somebody else screwed up. So Michael Tilson Thomas stopped the orchestra, you know, started going to do it again. And, he, and, he, and as an afterthought, he says, oh, by the way, guitar, he says, don't count those bars. And there's Tommy, that snake of shit, eating grin on his face. And he says, I'll just turn to you and I'll give you a giant downbeat. Don't worry. Okay. All right. So get there. All right. I'm cool now. I'm waiting. Okay. So what I didn't know was that there's no orchestra there. The orchestra lays out. It's just me and, a, and an opera singer, but he's not there. So I'm watching him. And when the orchestra stopped, I panicked. And the chord came out. <laughs> I fucked up a C chord. <laughs> Tommy's rolling on the ground. Yeah. yeah, hot ass jazz player from Philly can't play a C chord. I was so messed up. And he says, guitar, what happened? Tommy took the blade. Oh, it's my... my Shirt that caught the thing. So now it comes up again. Now I'm like this. The guitar's on my left leg. 
and the, the legs start to shake out <laughs> in the hand. It's like, oh man, I can't put my it's like I have Parkinson's disease. It was horrible, okay? And I fuck it up again, you know? And, you know, Thomas is drawing your own, okay? And a viola player looked up, you know, and says to her stand partner, Oh, it's some new guy. We'll be here all day. Okay? And it's like, oh, how, how embarrassing. And then, okay, it was time for a break. Yeah. Lunch break. So we go across the street. And I, I says, Tommy, how could you do that to me? You know? He says, he says you'll be okay. He says, drink. Says, what do you mean drink? It's the last thing I want to do. He says, you'll be, you'll be drunk. He says, and you won't give a shit. You know? <laughs> I said, Okay. I went back there, bombed out of my mind. And that's the only thing I had to play was that three chords. And I really didn't give a shit. I love, you know, like, fuck you, there's your C chord. Right. I don't know this guy at all, you right. know. He was so, hard to describe, uh, he really had that business really down. Tommy was amazing. Look, I, I think you have to go. Yeah. So. I got 20 minutes. Oh, you do? Well, you start in 20 minutes. Yeah. You got to get a guitar. That's right there. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's go a little longer. Okay. But but this is a formal invitation okay. to actually come to the Wank Couch. We, we I heard the about couch. the Wank Couch. Yeah, and, and the drinking and everything. Okay. So I heard about Steve Herberman was telling Yes, me. yes. Chip Henderson? Yeah. He has something to do with this? No, he doesn't have anything to do. He knows about it. He knows about it. Okay. Yeah. And so it's Scott Henderson. Yeah, so. Oh, Scott Henderson. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, man, yeah, it's Do you it got again, you got anytime. a lot of stories to tell, and anytime you know, we got and a lot of problems in the world we got to solve, man. Oh man, don't get me going. Let's not go there. Let's go there. What the? All fuck? right. What's Good the fun. biggest problem in the world right now? Um, or at least as it pertains to music and guitar. I think America has lost culture. There's no culture, and it comes with the loss of morality. And education, and um, it's just uh, too much political correctness. Everything's okay, you know. Uh, you know, I, I could just well. It sounds like really, we got a lot in store. Really, for us. really go off on so it. So, folks, pisses me off. Yeah. Well, you know, you're entitled. Yeah. You lived long enough. I got feelings too. <laughs> well, I never heard that about you. Know, you. We're, we're people too. Oh, oh! Now you're going to go there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> see. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimmy, thank you for gracing us, and this is just the okay. introduction, right? I, I hope you would. Okay. Hope to do a lot more. All right, man. So we love you, ladies and gentlemen in Guitar Wankland. Enjoy this little appetizer because the main course is going to happen soon. Signing off from Denver and the Rocky Mountain Archtop Festival. This is Clint.
All right, so Bruce, what should we do? We should introduce to the show. No, this is at the end of the show. Oh, it is at the we end of the show. We decided to put this at the yeah, end okay. of the show. Good, good idea. All right, so, are we so ready? the winner's already a winner and he doesn't know. Who? What? Well, the winner's a winner. He's a wiener and he doesn't <laughs> even know it yet. Well, because he haven't drawn it. Right, but I mean, when he finds out, he won't find out till he later. At the end of the show, yes, like which some, is some which things, is right now. Wait, right, which some things are better <laughs> left. Some things are better left said undone. <laughs> exactly, this is Back to the Future okay. shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. What are here we giving up? Wireworld cable first. This is Wireworld cable. Wireworld Pro Who Audio that? Cable. That's hard to say. Wireworld Cable. Wireworld. This is Larry David. Thank you, Larry and David from Wireworld Pro Audio Cable. Larry David. They could have done Seinfeld if they were. <laughs> Larry and David. They're on Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Cable. This is it. This is it. The first one. I'm shaking the randomizer. The here randomizer. it goes. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10. Now I'll go to the official Patreon page and find the number 10. Uh-huh. Go. And, uh, let's see what it is. Countdown. Our is one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, get the f- ten. You know who it is? Is it a dead deadbeat? Um, hang on. I just got to confirm something here. This is going to the adjudication. You gotta be joking. What? Is it someone who's already won before? No, he just signed up today. What? Get the fuck out of here. Chris Rowland. Chris Rowland is rolling in a wire world cable. I just cable. saw Chris Rowland. What? Yes. Uh, he was at the Rocky Mountain Archtop Festival. He's from Canada. I gave him coasters and pics yesterday. I saw him at the Rocky Mountain Archtop Festival in Denver, or Arvada, which is right outside of Denver. And him and his wife... Allison. Allison. Chris and Allison. And she's a real wank widow. She actually listens to it with him. Really? Yes. Is this this some insider trading going it on here? It been, but you saw it. It's right I here. I saw it. It was random, randomizer. Boom, look. Number 10. We went down. Chris, congratulations, congratulations. mate. I tell you, that's the way to win on Guitar Wank. You just sign okay, up and yeah, straight but, away. But if, you, if you cancel and then sign up again right before the next drawing, we're going to... We're we'll going to disqualify out. you. We'll, f- <laughs> we'll find out. Okay, our right, second wire world cable. i got to put Chris in the system. i got to grab his name. Oh, okay. i got to make sure we don't forget. It's easy to forget this stuff. All right. Hang on a second. With, uh, and if Chris, if, if you're a different Chris Rowland than the guy I saw this weekend, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right? Chris Rowland, first prize wins wire world cable. Right? Yep. Wild World Cable. Congratulations, Chris. Yeah, man. That's like you can... You awesome, could, you Chris. Could hawk, you could hawk those. And in Canada, you could probably get like two six-packs of beer. You could... <laughs> Labats. <laughs> you get some Labats. All right. For our second Wild for World second Cable. Winner, and it's shaking. And it goes number 66. 66. Woo! Make it boom, 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 boom. I got to count Oh boy, I don't even know if he knows how to count to 66. Well, the first page is 50. Okay. So we can go down to the next and then goes 50. 1, right, we have a winner. Who is it? Who is it? It's Robert Roberto. 
Robert Roberto. No, no, it's Roberto <laughs> San Rosso. Roberto San Rosso. Oh, fuck. Do we have to send this overseas now? Oh, that's going to suck. Oh, <laughs> Roberto San Rosso. Zan. Zan Rosso. Oh, okay. Maybe he's in the States. Well, I maybe. Know. I don't know where he's at. But anyway. Um, uh, Bob, can, can we just call you Bob? Bob, Roberto. Congratulations, Bob's mate. Your uncle. He's just won. <laughs> You just want a Wire World Wire Cable. Wire World Cable. Awesome. Congratulations, Mike. All right. Do you have any sound effects you can edit yeah, and throw in there? there. Good, sound good. In there. And farts and stuff. And <laughs> cat calls and all sorts of shit. I'll do that. Good. Uh, oh, can't find that. Roberto. Roberto. Uh, Wire All right. Now, the big one. The big one. Insert, Here it is. Insert Dr drum roll. Drum roll. roll. <laughs> This right is the big one. Come on, guys. Who's okay, going to get... Should I randomize it once or twice for the big one? Actually, you should randomize it three times. Three times. Okay, here's the first one. Don't Boom. tell us the number. Won't tell you. Second one. Third one. Number 34. Number 34. Troy goes <laughs> to the official uh, Patreon page. And let's hope it's not a deadbeat. Let's hope so. Okay. Number 34. Let's go back. Oh, I'm going to count. Okay. And it is <laughs> the winner is Jeff. Spiegel! Jeff Spiegel? Spiegel. S-P-I-E-G-E-L. S-T or S-P? P. Spiegel. Spiegel? Spiegel. 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 I got it right. Well, there yeah. you go. Jeff, congratulations, Congratulations. You've got a Pat Quilter sign. Wow. Quilter 101, which and is an amp that I supposedly has something to do with inspiring because I was complaining so much about uh, mid-rangey flat solid state amps and they made one to be more like a fender and this thing really is is quite an amazing little two pound wow uh, powerhouse that you're gonna love jeff and, and um it's signed by pat so it's the only one in the world you have a collector's item now don't you feel better maybe jeff you should consider upping your contribution in patreon well he's a three dollar but he um he's been with us for four months so that's good good on you jeff congratulations and, mate. and and you know it really feels good to give shit away troy can we just give something else away i've got something i think i can contribute you, dude you can't give away crabs so you, you gotta just that's something you gotta deal with yourself but you give them away though <laughs> okay well then never right. mind then uh, never mind. No, let's give it. Let's do it. I have I'm a real. I, I know. I have a real life baby here. What? A real life baby. A real life baby? Yeah, real life baby. What do you think? Should we give it away? Yeah, if you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. I don't want it. Sure you do. No, I got one. Oh, then I guess we got to <laughs> raffle it off. <laughs> what, what are we gonna? What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, anyways, it feels really good to give stuff away, and we've got more stuff, so we're going to be doing this on a more regular basis or an irregular basis. So remember, keep those Patreons coming, and uh, thanks so much for all your support, and we're glad that we can do this little thing for three of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty 
pretty good. You never sign has, up. Never have so many people done so much for so few. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. There's some winners there. I yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, we will get them out. And the people, hold it. We did have a couple of winners uh, before. Right. Did you f- ever the send pedals, this out to them? N- we've got one pedal to send out still. So oh, I'm going to send that out as well. That. So that will go out with these. And um, and thank you so much and for we're, the Patreon. We're collecting more stuff to give away. So. We're going to be hitting up a lot of companies just to, for them to give us shit. Right. So we can <laughs> give it to you. Yeah. So we can give it to the listeners. I right, think that's fair. Right. So um, fantastic. All right. Well, let, back to your. Um, normal program. Back to your normal program. Thank you, wankers and wank widows. Wank widows. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. Bang.